Voyage of the Page Turner. Episode 16, The Throne of Zeus. Oh, it's you. Oh, I knew you'd come back. You don't know what's good for you. <laughs> Hello, that's me trying to find different ways to introduce the podcast. Hello, welcome to Voyage of the Page Turner, the choose-your-own-page-turning podcast with me, comedian Colin Lego. Oh my gosh, I am so excited for today's episode. I always enjoy all the episodes, but today I'm particularly excited because we're going to do something different today. Oh, we're going off track. Oh yeah, we're going rogue. But I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a minute. Uh, I want to say a big thank you to all the messages I've had this week. Um, quite a considerable amount of messages. And I think it was on the back of me mentioning that at some point soon, I'm going to be wrapping up this first series of the podcast, or if you're in America, the first season. Uh, so it's not stopping. But thank you to Sarah T, Duncan and Emily, and Zombie Nana for your emails. So the... I had this email from Zombie Nana. If you are listening, Zombie Nana, what a great name. They didn't actually sign off with any other name. It was just Zombie Nana. Um, I'm hoping that isn't my gran, my Nana, who's now a zombie. And it's just like, I'm just trying to give you praise for your podcast, Colin. Um, but anyway, thank you to everyone who sent messages. No, the podcast is not stopping forever. But in about five weeks, I will be having a little bit of a break. So when we do stop in five weeks, just see it as like a Kit Kat holiday. Yeah, nice. And until I do take that little break, we've still got five episodes oh five episodes so don't worry and all the books are coming from all over the series i've i've stopped the chronological order now because i wanted to finish off the series with five books that are great titles or have been chosen by our guests so coming up over the next five weeks we have uh, trouble at stonehenge amazing we have a search for mountain gorillas next week oh we have trouble on the titanic lovely and we also have tattoo of death which sounds like an amazing book with an amazing title. But this week I am very excited because it's the first week that we are going rogue. And we have got a book called The Throne of Zeus. So if you like your mythology and that lot, you're going to love this. And you're also going to love it because my guest today isn't your average comedian from the comedy circuit. No, no, no. I thought because these books are aimed at 8 to 12 year olds, I would actually have a guest that is in that age bracket. So I am joined by an 11 year old today. And what we'd also thought we'd do is we would flip it. So I'm not actually reading the story to my guest Amalia. No, 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 no. We flipped it because why not? She's 11 and if she was in the 80s, she'd be reading these books. So she's going to be reading to me. So let's see how we do on this episode 16 of Voyage of the Page Turner. Now the tables have been turned. Been turned. Been turned. Been turned. 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 got with me Amalia. Hello Amalia. Hello. Amalia, how old are you? I am 11. 11? So the so have you ever read one of these books before? No, I haven't actually. Even though I've been doing them for ages, you've never read one. No, I've listened to your podcast. You've listened to the podcast. Okay. But I haven't I haven't actually read any for myself yet. So tell me what do you know about these books? So all I know is that it's it's kind of like your own TV show really choose where you want to go yeah yeah it is absolutely so it's like i mean because you're into gaming right yeah so i think the the ver the modern version of these books is the open world gaming Definitely. right so do these do these kind of choose your own adventure books feature at all in any school libraries do you think now i mean my teachers would frown upon this definitely they'd be like oh that's not 
it's not school material. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> they they go absolutely bonkers. What, so what? If you, so if you're not reading these, what is the average eleven year old reading these days? Harry Potter, Percy Jackson, things of that sort, really. Yeah. So that, whatever that, you find in the library. So they're quite um, magical, though. They're they're full of uh, wonder and magic and different worlds. Um, are you a fan of that kind of genre? Oh, definitely, definitely. But um, I'd say I've kind of moved on from that sort of thing. What are you reading now, then? What's your book of choice? Well, I like a lot of young adult books now, uh, such as One of Us is Lying by Karen M. McMagnus. Oh, yeah. One of my favourite book series of all time. Is that like a, a murder mystery? Yeah, definitely. Nice. Nice. All right bit of murder mystery going on. I think when I was 11, I was reading Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> but, but in that, there is there could, possible murders. I mean, what happens to... Oh, Aug- my. No, no. What happens to Augustus Gloop? Who knows? True. He falls into a chocolate river, not seen again. The Oompa Loompas seem very happy about that. Ex- absolutely. <laughs> the Oompa Loompas, the Oompa Loompa killers. What happens to um, Violet? She just uh, turns swells into... Up. Yeah, swells up. Gets rolled away. We never see her again. I'm just saying. Uh, I think you've got a point. I, yeah, exactly. I have got a point. Yeah. Wow. See, um... It's darker than you would imagine. Um, okay, well, uh, thank you for doing this, because I thought these books are for uh, your age, even though they were written in the 80s. And I think the book we've gone for today, which we'll talk about in a moment, it was originally written in 1985. Tell me what you know, or what you think you know, about the 80s. Um, <laughs> what happened in the 80s, Amalia? Disco. Disco. Discotheques. Um, yeah, it, it, that was the only thing that was happening in the 80s. <laughs> Everyone was on rollerblades and discos. Yeah, so... you three bicycle kids. Oh, BMX Bandits. There you go. The BMX Bandits. That's, wow. That's so nice. There's a bit of uh, knowledge I didn't think you'd have. We, that was on TV once, wasn't it? We did watch that once. BMX Bandits. Yeah, well, so as far as you know, the 80s was just discos and BMXs. Probably some alcohol in there too, honestly. There was a bit of alcohol, so. but not not for me, because I was a kid in the 80s, so not sure, for me. Sure, I believe that. <laughs> in the Cornish car parks. I <laughs> uh, can't confirm or deny it. The book you've chosen, and we've gone off the series... So this isn't, uh, we, are, we haven't got in chronological order. The book you've chosen, actually, I don't know what number in the series it is, but tell me why, we went through the whole list, you could have picked any of these books. I'll read, you, I'll read out some of the titles that you could have picked. Um, Secret of the Ninja, uh, Forecast from Stonehenge, Struggle Down Under, Tattoo of Death. Nice. Wow. But you chose The Throne of Zeus. Um, sounds quite lame. <laughs> no, no. But you, you, you had a reason why you yeah. picked the throne of Zeus. Tell me why that kind of um, tickled your taste buds. Well, I've, I've always been kind of a fan of Greek mythology. I know a fair amount, I'd say. Nice. Um, I always got lost in the amount of gods and goddesses there were and what they each kind of stood for. Yeah. It, it's so different to today. Mm. What they believed in was so different and way more intricate than it is today. Quite liked it. So um, my uh, knowledge of the Greek gods is really minimal. <laughs> so 
uh, which is probably a good reason why you're reading the story and not me, so you can get the pronunciations of the names right. Um, so do you think you know enough to get most of these pronunciations right? I should do, yeah. Should be alright. And so this is the throne of Zeus. Um, th- front cover has a picture of a man who's definitely been working out. Um, oh yeah, those abs are abs. He has got abs. He has got a, a pitchfork of some kind. He has got a long beard. And he's massive. And he's sat in a throne. That would probably be Zeus, I would say. I mean, considering that he's holding a lightning bolt, yeah. Yeah, oh, okay, okay, fair oh, enough. Yeah, yeah, something to do with lightning. If someone is holding a lightning boat, they. A bo- boat, boat, boat. Not a lifeboat. <laughs> someone's holding a lifeboat. That's no, not good. But if, someone, if someone's holding a lightning bolt, they're definitely a god. Well, this is what we're going to do then, Amalia. We are going to read this book. You are going to read it to me, and you are going to be the page turner, and I'll be the voyager. Sounds good. The tables have turned. <laughs> um, is there any interesting quotes from any other 10, 11 year olds in the front that you would like to uh, share with us? What has anyone said at the front of this particular book? Oh, um, this is from Cooper Rapport, age 10. Mm. These books are great because if you make one choice, you go one way. If you go another way, something else <laughs> Wow. Cooper. <laughs> Wow. It's kind of how it works. Yeah. um... What Cooper's done there is just describe what a book is. Yeah. Well done, Cooper. Right. Well, do you agree with Cooper? Um, I I think, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Speaks the truth. Okay. All right. Nothing but the truth. All right. Should we get into it? Right. Sounds good. Okay. So let's get into this. The bonus episode with Amalia, age 11, in this Voyage of the Page Turner. Your parents have unearthed the fabled throne of Zeus in an archaeological dig in Athens, Greece. But they cannot prove it. You travel back in time to ask Zeus himself for the evidence. But reaching Zeus is not as easy as it sounds. Along the way, you may battle with the ferocious Minotaur. Soar through the skies with Icarus. Join Hercules on his perilous escapades. Or even drive the Chariot of the Sun. If you dare. Good luck. So, okay, to recap for the listeners and for myself to make sure I was listening. Somewhat, so, my parents have found a throne. Is that right? Yes. And it might belong to Zeus. They think it does. They think it does belong to Zeus. And the only way to find that out is to go back in time. We can't read any <laughs> history books. No, no, no. Or fact check it some other way. Look on the internet. I have to go back in time. Hasn't said how I'm getting back in time yet. Not yet, no, I don't believe so. <sighs> okay, well, okay, well, let, let's get into it then. I'm, I'm ready. Uh, okay, okay. For months, you and your grandmother have waited for your parents to return home to Athens. Their archaeological digs often take them to distant parts of Greece, but they have never been gone so long before. Your mother and father have unearthed the throne they believe was made for the ancient Greek god Zeus. They're convinced it is the first trace ever discovered of Olympus, palace of the gods. You're eager to hear about their excavations and see pictures of the throne, but now that your parents are home, they seem upset. The university has threatened to discontinue the excavation, says your father. 
We need hard evidence by the end of the summer to convince them that this throne could have only been made for Zeus. What kind of evidence? You asked. Well, this is big news because, you know, if the funding gets stopped, we might not be able to buy food. You know, this is this is big. This is big. Well, I've, I've, I've turned it dark. You really have. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. I'm sure he's got some savings. It's fine. But we, we don't want him to lose the funding. Okay. We need something that clearly links the throne to Zeus. A crown inscribed with his name would help. A stone tablet listing the laws of Olympus would be ideal. But we don't know if such a thing exists. Your mother answers. Talk to Zeus, murmurs your grandmother, clearing the table. She seems quite rude, honestly. Yeah, grandma, yeah. She, she, okay. she needs to chill out, watch some TV. Okay. Have you ever talked with Zeus? You ask your grandmother later as you help her wash the dishes. A few times, she replies. On the summer solstice, the ancient gods take special interest in mortal beings. Sometimes they appear on Earth. Why, I've even walked with Zeus. Tomorrow's the solstice, you say, shivering with excitement. Maybe if I can talk to the gods, I can help mum and dad find the evidence they need. Since they won't ask Zeus for clues, I'll do it myself. But tell me, Graham, where can I actually find Zeus? Oh, I can't tell you that. She kisses you goodnight. You have to discover Zeus on your own. All night, you wonder where you might find Zeus. You can't envision him appearing in your modern apartment, but you can imagine him striding comfortably through an ancient temple. You decide to spend the summer solstice at Acropolis, the site of the famous temple ruins overlooking Athens. Hmm. Okay. Well, the only thing I know about the summer solstice is Stonehenge. Mm. And people go to Stonehenge to celebrate the summer solstice. But, okay, I might... I have no clue if you're right. That's true. I think so. The longest summer day or the shortest summer day, I don't know what it is. Anyway, people go to Stonehenge and, I don't know, grow beards. Okay. Grow beards. Grow beards. Okay, all good. After telling your grandmother your plans, you wait until late afternoon to go to the Acropolis. There are many tourists snapping pictures of the marble ruins. You know from previous visits that the guards will usher everybody out at five o'clock. You survey the area as you plan your course of action. Chain link fences encircle each of the ancient sanctuaries. The Parthenon is the largest, most important temple, and the one you think Zeus would be most likely to visit. Unfortunately, it also attracts the greatest number of people, and you'll have a hard time entering it unseen. Maybe you should try the sanctuary of Artemis Broronia? There aren't as many people around it. So, um, first choice of the book. Oh, choices. Do you think it's safer to hide in the sanctuary of Artemis Boronia? Or do you decide to sneak into the Parthenon? So the Parthenon is where I think Zeus will be chilling out. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, I don't know. I, I think, I'm, I, yeah, I think I'm going to go to the Parthenon because I reckon more tourists means I might be able to sneak in better. Oh, so like hide in a crowd. I see. Blend in, blend in. Yeah. I see. Yeah, if someone, you know, if someone wants to do a robbery, uh, they blend into the crowd to look unsuspicious. If I'm just in another temple on my own, it's going to raise flags. Mm. All right, look, I'm going to blend into the crowd and go into the Parthenon. All right, final answer? <laughs> final answer. <laughs> Slowly, you circle the Parthenon, waiting for the crowd to thin out. 
When it does, you quickly scramble over the fence, run up the stairs to the temple and hide behind an immense column. You wait nervously as the shadows grow longer. You listen to the guards making their rounds and your heart beats so loudly you feel certain that they will hear it. Finally, the sky darkens and the first stars begin to appear. Oh please, you shout loud, let me meet Zeus. No one wants to meet him more than I do. <laughs> Bet that's not true. No sooner do the words leave your lips than a small white spark flashes next to you. At first, you think it's a firefly, but then you notice five, six, seven sparks bursting like popcorn. As the tiny flashes continue, you hold your breath with fear and fascination. Then, to your amazement, the sparks form into a tall and graceful woman wearing white robes. Ooh! Unexpected. Mm -hmm. Okay, there's a bit of magic happening, but unexpected. Right. God, I'm playing it so uncool as well. I loved it when it said, Wow, no one wants to meet Zeus more than I do. God, ch chill out. <laughs> chill out. Play it cool. Wow, okay. I'm such a geek. It's starving out here. Yeah, exactly. All right, who's this woman that's appeared? Oh, I'm, okay. She seems kind of suspicious. She's trying to sell you drugs or something. <laughs> Eleven-year-olds today, you've gone straight to drugs. I was like some kind of uh, magical fairy. You're like, nope, she's selling drugs. <laughs> that's the that's your average eleven-year-old, folks. They're so Look. street, they're streetwise. No, we're just gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Who is it? Let's find out. Welcome to my temple, the woman says warmly as she offers you a hand. Don't take it. There's drugs. <laughs> <laughs> There's drugs in it. If I get hiccups from this, Colin. Oh my god. Do you, when you start laughing, do you get hiccups? Yeah, for like half an hour. Oh god, not no, it'll be a long podcast. Oh, no. Okay. You're too frightened to take it. Mm. You barely manage to stammer. You're not Zeus. Obviously. Mm. She laughs. Of course not. I'm Athena, daughter of Zeus. Oh. Duh. If you wanted to come meet my father, you shouldn't have come to my temple. Gingerly, you take her hand. Bad idea. Mm. You're surprised to find that it feels remarkably like your mother's. Ooh. Can you take me to Zeus? You ask. I can bring you back to ancient times and give you the power to speak and understand the language, Athena offers. But you'll have to find Zeus on your own. How will I know where he is? Well, I can't tell you where to find Zeus, Athena explains. The trick is to attract his attention by doing something he'll find exciting. She thinks for a moment. I know two people who are about to have intriguing experiences. Persephone doesn't know it yet, but she's going to be spending a lot of time with Hades, one of Zeus's brothers. Icarus is on the island of Crete right now, and he's... Well, let's just say he has an adventure ahead of him. Mm. Would you like me to take you to Persephone or Icarus? Who are you gonna... Oh, is that my choices? Yeah. Oh. So, right, rewind. Where is Persephone? Not too sure already. Just... But she's somewhere. She's she is somewhere on, probably in the future, on her way to go to Hades. Hades. God of the underworld. And what was the other choice? Icarus. I can go and visit Icarus. On the Isle of Crete. On the Isle of Crete. What do you, do you know anything about those two from your own... I do indeed. I know Persephone gets lured down to the underworld. Oh. Um, yep. With Hades. Hades keeps her there for a while. And then when she tries to find a way out, stops her and offers her some pomegranate seeds. Pomegranate seeds? Pomegranate seeds. Alright. Um, he goes, here, here, take, take as many as you like. 
Yeah. Uh, when she goes and tells her mother about it up in the overworld again, uh, her mother informs her that it is indeed a trap. And now she has to spend four or six months down in the underworld a year. Oh, well, that doesn't sound good. Oh, no. I don't. I don't know if I want to be part of this underworld nonsense. It sounds uh, dodgy. Well, okay, only because you've given me some extra knowledge. And I know that it's my choice, you know, the choices I make, I live and die by those choices. And as you know from listening to the podcast, there are some horrific deaths. So so I'll do the final choices, but because you give me this extra knowledge. So she'll be part of this underworld nonsense with Hades. Crete sounds nicer. Well, I bet Crete is a nice place, but... Icarus is um, the guy whose fathers made him a pair of wax wings and he flew too high into the sun and his wings melted and he went and died. (laughs) So that's why she said he's going to be going on an adventure. Is that the adventure? Wow, getting your wings burned. I think so. Wow. That's just more stupidity though than anything. Flying to the sun. It's very ambitious. Yeah. No, listen, I'm going to go with Icarus because... um, I'm going to go with that, only because I think he was just a little bit um, uh, misled and just a bit stupid and over-ambitious with the wings thing. So we're going to go to Greece, to Crete, sorry, and see Icarus, I think. Sounds good. Final answer. (laughs) Close your eyes and I'll take you to Crete. You'll like Icarus, says Athena. Placing her hands on your shoulders, she spins you around until you become almost unbearably dizzy. <laughs> what are you doing that for? Just take me to Greece. <laughs> Where are they time for these nonsense games? Finally, Athena releases you. You find yourself in a narrow passage with high stone walls. There is no ceiling, and the sky above you is dazzlingly blue. Mm. Dazzlingly? Mm. All right. Okay. A startled man and boy, both draped in loose white clothing, are staring at you. I've been in the sun too long, Icarus, says the man, rubbing his forehead warily. I'm having visions! No, you're not, you cry. Athena brought me here to find Zeus. You've come to the wrong place if you're looking for Zeus, says the man bitterly. I don't suppose Athena sent any water with you, did she? You shake your head. (laughs) This isn't just like the gods, comments the man. They don't bring you water when you're dying of thirst. No, instead they bring you a visitor in funny clothes. Wow, ouch. (laughs) Maybe Athena brought the visitor to help us escape, suggests Icarus. Then he tells you, don't mind my father. He's upset about our problem. A few years ago, my father, Daedalus, built this labyrinth for King Minos to to imprison the Minotaur, a horrible beast that is half bull and half man, Icarus explains. Only now, King Minus is angry at us, and we're stuck in the maze too. There are miles of corridors, but only one way out, as Daedalus ruefully. Unless we escape soon, we will die first, or be eaten by the Minotaur. Let's get going, you exclaim. We've got to get out of here fast. There's no sense in moving about, snaps Daedalus. At best, you'll only make yourself thirstier, and at worst, you'll meet the Minotaur. Calm down and help us think of a solution. Right. So we've got another choice here. Oh, choices. Okay. All right. You answer, I'm sorry to leave you, but I want to get on with my search for Zeus. Right. Or you can stay with Icarus and Deadly. 
Now, if we if I stay with Icarus, I'm, I'll basically be trying to help them get out of the maze. Yeah. Hmm. Or do I just get? And you'll on... probably die, honestly. Do you but... think you haven't turned the page yet, so you don't know? Do you? So, if, so you would say if I stay with Icarus uh, and try and get out of this maze, that's gonna maybe increase my chances of dying. Yeah, considering that you've got no water, no food, and there's a crazy beast trying to kill you. So half bull, half man, beast. Yeah, I don't recommend you stay there. Okay, well, okay. I, I'll, I'll make the decision, so I won't hold you responsible, but I think you're right. We need to crack on and get on with the search for Zeus. Because right. I've been in a few mazes. Have you, have you ever been in a maze? We went to that corn maze. Yeah, yeah. Right. A few, a few years ago. That Got was lost. fun. Now, uh, that was only made of corn and only came up to about my neck, but I was still freaked out by it. You were terrified. I was terrified. I don't like mazes. I don't want to stay in this maze. I really don't. No. Right, we're going to go on and tr- and dump these losers and try and find Zeus. Uh, <laughs> you went there for a reason. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, okay. I, it was my choice. But I need to get on and find Zeus. I can't be a- hanging around in this maze waiting for a minotaur to turn up. A grumpy minotaur. Okay, let's, let's crack on. Good luck with your search for Zeus, says Daedalus with a trace of scorn. Oof. Ooh. I have a feeling it's the Minotaur, not a god, that you'll find. Mm. You wander through the labyrinth without any sense of direction. As the hours pass, you grow thirsty and tired. Just when you begin to wonder if you should have stayed with Icarus and Daedalus, you, stay in, you take another left turn and find yourself facing the strangest creature you've ever seen. The <gasps> Minotaur. Oh, oh for no. goodness sake, what the oh. heck? <laughs> I am so sorry. You freeze with terror. The Minotaur towers above you, equally still. It has the head of a huge black bull, and its body is part bull and part human. You wonder whether you should try to reason with the beast, or just run for your life. (laughs) (laughs) Reason with the beast. Wow. Is this the choices? So, if you summon all your courage and offer the Minotaur your hand... Yeah. I don't think or, it means I'm not, it doesn't mean chop my hand off and give it to him. I think it no, means. No, I thought it meant marriage for a minute. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> if you summon all your courage <laughs> and marry the Minotaur. Wow, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, that's one option. <laughs> or you can turn on your heels and run. Right, so it's fight or flight. It's the classic Voyage of the Page Turner choices of fight or flight. Oh, so when it says offer the hand, it means like, um, as a peace offering, say, shake its hand. Yeah. He's got, has he got hooves though, no? No, he, he has hands. Oh, there's a picture. He yeah. does have hands because he's, okay, his, his arms. Okay, yeah, so his arms and torso. It's very confusing though, Amalia. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, so from the belly up, his arms and chest are human. Yeah. But he has a head of a bull. He kind of he kind of looks like one of my old teachers, honestly. That's very unfair. <laughs> <laughs> she was a lovely lady, and um, and uh, and he's got the legs of a bull. Um, okay. Do we? Do, what do you reckon? Do we fight this man? Get married? Not this bull. <laughs> get married to it or run away? Um, well, I think he body smashed you either way. Honestly. Oh. Listen, I'm not I'm not very energetic. So I think running away, he's he's a bull, he's half bull. Have you seen those things run? 
I haven't, but I'm sure I'd be terrified if I didn't. I know when a rhinoceros wants to get up to full speed, it can go about 35 miles an hour, which is as faster than you can go on any local roads in London. Yeah. Wow. So I reckon a bull, I'll look it up later, but I reckon a bull is about the same speed. He can catch me up. My best o- uh, option is to offer it my hand. <laughs> Marry <him>. in- <laughs> the bull and live happily ever after. <laughs> but I know it's my choice. Look, so if this is the end, uh, it's the way it goes. But yeah, I think offer my hand. You have a lovely wedding. <laughs> the caterers will be great. a flower girl. You can be a flower girl. Yeah, absolutely. Right. The Minotaur slowly extends his hand to grasp yours. The beast is trembling just as much as you are. Oh, he's about to give his vows now. Yeah, exactly. You are the first person who has not run away from me, <gasps> whispers the Minotaur hoarsely. Although his ability to speak astonishes you, you remind yourself that the Minotaur is part human. Maybe we can help each other escape, you suggest. I imagine you'd rather not spend the rest of your life in this maze. I discovered the way out years ago, but I can't live outside it ever again. King Minus will search me out, and the people are too afraid of me to help me hide. They know I eat human flesh. A shiver runs up your spine. You do? Don't worry, I'd rather eat grass, the Minotaur assures you. (laughs) Is that the two options that they've got in this world war? Grass or human flesh? There's no other options. But all the king feeds me are his prisoners. Oh my! Wow. Um. Okay. Gotta live, don't live in 1985. No, hang on, wait, hang on. No, wait, let, no. let, me, let me make it clear. This is not a representation <laughs> no, wait, no. Of, of life in 1985. No, no, no. no we weren't all that. going around with heads of bulls eating each other. Right, my bad. Okay. I'm trying to find Zeus, you explain. Why don't you come with me? We can ask him to transform me into a normal person. I'll show you the way out if you promise to stay with me once we leave the labyrinth, says the Minotaur shyly. Hmm. Oh, so he's a big softy. This has worked out very well, just misunderstood. Softy, a bit like Beauty and the Beast. Okay. You briefly think about rescuing Icarus and Daedalus, but disca- decide to escape immediately. Mm. Selfish. Mm. Within minutes, you and the Minotaur are free. We'll have to leave this island, or the king is sure to find me, he tells you as he scans the horizon. As I recall, the harbour is in that direction. Maybe we can escape on a boat. You leap onto the Minotaur's back, and together you race into the harbour. Wow. Rice being thrown at you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, someone catches the bouquet. <laughs> Love it. Right, okay, we're married, running off into a lope. You see sailors loading cargo onto a boat, and consider asking if they'll take you and the Minotaur on board. You doubt that they'll greet the Minotaur warmly. You could try to sneak aboard and hide it instead, but concealing your new friend won't be easy. So, you, you're, another choice here. Mm. You can explain your situation to the sailors, or you can hide with the Minotaur in the boat. If I'm explaining my situation to some sailors, they're never going to believe me. Well, I mean, he's right there with you. So the Minotaur, I yeah. They would. No, 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 but if I go to the sailors, look, here's the situation, everyone. I've befriended... Oh, right. This half man, half bull, which doesn't eat, eats people, but has said he, he's bored of that and just wants to eat grass. Can we come on your boat, please? All right. They're going to be like, no, no, you can't. <laughs> so I'm going to have to do, I'm going to have to go the rogue option and hide. 
right. I, I know I've made the decision very quickly, but that's a no-brainer. Uh, it might be that I now die, but but let's find out. I, I've got just got to like sneak on and hide with the Minotaur. When no one is watching, you and the Minotaur board the boat and hide below deck. You wedge yourself between stacks of grain and the Minotaur crouches nearby among crates of clucking chickens. Uh-oh. I don't... Uh, those chickens are going to be dead in seconds. <laughs> he hasn't eaten, ever eaten a chicken. Oh, no. You have barely settled into place when the Minotaur loudly exclaims, The boat is leaving the dock! Oh, oh what an idiot. <laughs> Did he loudly exclaim that? Yeah. He's the worst hide-and-seek partner. That's like when you're with someone in a playing hide-and-seek and they're like, do you think they'll find us? They will if you don't shut up. Gosh. <laughs> Quiet, you whisper. Hmm. We can't say a word or they'll hear us. The sea becomes frightfully turbulent during the night. Thunder rumbles and the chickens squawk. Not for long. <laughs> no. The boat lurches from side to side. You hear water rush along the deck and the Minotaur moans beside you. Maybe you should climb above to see what's happening on deck. You want to know how serious the storm is, but is it worth the risk that one of the sailors might see you? So, another choice. Another is choice. It's full of choices, this book. Yeah. Good thing I chose it. Hmm. So you can either make your way onto the deck, or you can stay with the Minotaur below deck. So looking on the deck would just tell me how bad the storm is, or staying below, we're just going to have to ride it out. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to be seen. Fair enough. I don't want to be seen. But at the minute, the Minotaur is being, just being useless as a hiding partner. He's screaming where he is. No, yeah. absolutely not. I would have smacked him. <laughs> I think we can get away with it because the clucking chickens are making enough noise to kind of cover him being rubbish at being quiet. And the storm. And the storm. It, again, it might be my final choice, but my final move. I'm going to stay below. I'm going to risk it. Alright. I'm going to risk it. Risk it for the biscuit. Despite your worries about the storm, you decide not to risk going on deck. Hmm. The Minotaur clutches your arm as the storm rages. He's a wimp. He's an absolute wimp. I know. Yeah. The boat slowly fills with water. <gasps> the crates of chickens smash together and wet feathers float everywhere. Oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> Let's get out of here, you shriek to the Minotaur. Above the deafening roar of thunder, you struggle to get out from under the sacks of grain, but it's too late. They are soaked with water and have become too heavy for even the Minotaur to budge. Oh, images of your family flash through your mind. You know you will never see them again. The last thing you hear is the Minotaur bellowing as the boat sinks into the churning sea. The end. Is that the end? It is. You've drowned with a wimp. Nice job. Oh my gosh. Is that it? Yeah. There was. We didn't get anywhere near Zeus. No. These books often do that. They, they they have nothing to do with the title. <laughs> oh. So in the end, I drowned with a bull I just married. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? Uh, yeah. 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 That's a shame. Mm. Listen, you're you're the page turner, so it's your choice. Uh, would you allow us to go back one 
choice to see what would happen if we looked on deck or or is that it it's that's your choice amalia i think for the sake of my entertainment and everybody listening yeah i will go back a choice oh yes if okay I can remember what page yeah is. you yeah see if you can find the last choice before that all right <laughs> So you can either make your way onto the deck yeah. or drown with your husband. Well, now with hindsight, um, I feel that a, a soggy bag of grain is too heavy for a bull to pick up. <laughs> so I don't want that to happen. So I'm going to go and look on deck <laughs> to see... To when see, you put it like that. Yeah. We're going to go and look on deck uh, to Ooh. check out how big this storm is. Again, it might not take us very far. Let's see. As you stumble onto the deck, a wave crashes into you, knocking oh, you off your feet. <laughs> this is not going well. <laughs> not for anybody. No. Another wave washes you overboard. Oh. You th- <laughs> oh no. You thrash around in the violent water, and you finally manage to grab a broad wooden plank from where? Hmm. You crawl on top of it and hold on tightly. When you catch your breath enough to look around, you see that the boat has sunk. Oh no! Oh, your husband! Oh no! Jeremy! Jeremy! <laughs> Come back! <laughs> oh no! You search for a sign of the Minotaur and realise sadly that it's gone down with the ship. Oh no, I feel bad. The storm gradually passes. By the morning, the sea is almost calm. The waves gently carry you by a school of dolphins. They frolic so playfully that for a brief moment you forget the terror of the previous night. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, got over that quickly. Flyby, yeah. okay. <laughs> Look at the dolphins! What about that bull you just killed? The what? Look at the dolphins! <laughs> One dolphin swims around you a few times, then floats beside you. You stroke its smooth back and then suddenly wonder if you should climb on for a ride. You have no idea how the dolphin will react. Maybe you're safe for staying on the plank. But if you do that, how long will you have to drift before someone rescues you? Right, very quick, another choice. Another choice? Oh, I survived! Yes. So the ship went down. Your husband didn't. He's gone. He's, He's gone, but I've, I'm, I'm over him. Look at the dolphin. Okay. So the choices are... So you can either stay floating on the wooden plank, or you can climb onto the dolphin's back. Um, no brainer. We're going dolphin, and I tell you why we're going dolphin, because episode two. For anyone who's a regular listener, episode two was a journey to Atlantis, and in that story, oh, yeah. a dolphin helped um, the Voyager uh, uh, escape a shark or something. So I think the dolphins are helpful. Let's go with the dolphin. Once you are on its back, the dolphin soars through the sea with alarming speed. Mm. It seems to know exactly where it's going. When you approach a small peninsula, the dolphin glides onto a beach. You roll off its back and press your face into the sand. <laughs> um, okay. You're grateful to be on land again. Turning to the dolphin, you are astonished to see a large bearded man in its place. He wears a golden crown and remarkable robe that looks as if it might have been woven from rainbows. You're lucky I felt like being a dolphin today, <gasps> says the man, straightening his crown and smiling at your sandy face. What are you usually, you ask, brushing the sand off your nose and forehead. 
Well, I'm always Zeus. But every now and then I like to experiment with a different body. We found Ooh! him. We found, we found him. I've heard you've been looking for me, says Zeus. You describe your parents' archaeological exploration and the troubles they face. Zeus listens intently. When you are finished, he wordlessly leads you to an immense table with twelve thrones. Eleven of them are elaborately carved from olive wood. The twelfth, which you recognise from your parents' photos, is stone. Oh! Your parents are right, Zeus explains. They've discovered Olympus and they've found my throne. But no one believes them. How can they prove they're right, you ask. Zeus grins mischievously. If your parents really want clues, they will have to ask me themselves. But they won't, you cry with frustration. <laughs> oh wow, you sound like a five-year-old. Yeah, yeah. My grandmother already suggested that they ask you for help. I'm not going to be able to convince them. But you won't have to, Zeus goes on, because I'm going to pay them a visit myself. Oh. Here, take my hand. Oh my god, another husband. <laughs> take my Immediately. We'll be married by the morning. <laughs> <laughs> when Zeus raises his other hand to the sky, thunder rumbles and one lightning bolt after another strikes the earth around you. Oh. You clutch Zeus with fear as the lightning flashes again and again. Zeus lowers his hand and the lightning disappears. You find yourself on your doorstep. Ring the doorbell, he tells you. For the rest of your life, you'll never forget the look on your parents' faces when they opened the door and saw the wedding ring on your finger. And, <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and saw Zeus. The end. Well, that was a much more successful outcome. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, know, I know this is a silly thing to say, but that just goes to show that one silly choice is make or break, isn't it? Because looking above deck saved my life. I mean, it didn't save my bull husband. He <laughs> drowned. But I got over him. How do you think you did? How did I do? How did you feel about that whole experience? Uh, oh, well, thanks, Amalia. Um, <laughs> thanks, thanks. No, uh, it was, live on BBC News. It was weird being the Voyager. It was weird uh, having to really listen to what you were saying so I could try and make decent, informed choices. How did it feel reading the book? And um, reading the book but not being in charge of what happened next? I mean, I kind of felt like telling you what to do, honestly, but... Um, yeah. <laughs> you can't do that. No. No. But it, it was still really fun. Uh, I liked to judge your decisions intensely. <laughs> yeah. In my head. I know there was. there's more exciting things for you guys to do now uh, that it's not the 80s, where these books were like our only main entertainment because computer games were not as big as they are now. But would you consider ever reading any of these books? Or did oh, they... yeah, definitely. Yeah? They seem... Like, if I was a kid in the 80s, I definitely would have like picked one up from one of my friend's house or something. Yeah. Because you do a bit of um, the board game Dungeons and Dragons, don't you? Yeah. So what do you like about the uh, Dungeons and Dragons stuff? Um, I mainly like just escaping into this the whole new reality almost. Mm. Um, it kind of takes you away from the madness that is planet Earth right now. Yeah. And like, you, you can choose your own character. You can make him as likeable or as unlikable as you like. Mm. Oh, I said like to make him. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. Well, that was really fun. Thank you, Amalia. And you, fun. you read it really well. It was really, really good. Um, yeah. It was, it was great. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> it 
was really good. Well, I'll tell you what, if you've listened and enjoyed this, do let me know. Um, I, you know the uh, email address, voyageofthepageturner at gmail.com, and we are at Page Turner Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Let me know what you thought of the story, what you thought of Amalia's reading, what you thought of Amalia getting me together with Half Man, Half Ball Creature. Oh, yeah. Um, well, speed dating. <laughs> speed <Almost>. dating. <laughs> Okay, well, the final thing we have to do then, if I'm getting married or have was married to the Minotaur, what would be your speech at the wedding? Um, oh, wow, I was not expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've known Colin for a while now. Yeah. Um, he's a bit of a prankster, so if, you know, if you find, him, like, two eggs missing and on your doorstep, then <laughs> don't be surprised. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he likes jokes, so have fun with that. Uh, try not to get annoyed. <laughs> to the to, to the to the groom grooms. and grooms. <laughs> to the groom and grooms. So he likes pranks. So he's now he's marrying a minotaur. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Your life, not mine. <laughs> Voyage of the Page Turner, the Throne of Zeus. Hosted by Colin Lego. Featuring special guest, Amalia. Voiceover by Samuel Thomas. Produced by Colin Lego. Special thanks to Ant McGinley. You could find us on Instagram and Twitter at Page Turner Show. Find us, message us, like us. Until we meet next time, remember... Choose wisely. wisely.